I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. We are Yeah, this is Hallie Levant coming to you from Mega the Podcast at Twin Hills Community Church, where we are giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff and community so you can be blessed by them. And oh, I hope you are. What a treat and a treasure. Well, each week, you know, I'm joined by my co host. He's your friend and mine, youth pastor for our high school ministry, Climax. Please welcome Gray Highs, everybody. Hey, Hallie, how are you doing? I'm blessed, my brother. How are you? Oh, I feel great. You know, I'm just really energized after a great weekend of services with my students. Uh, we were just having this amazing praise and worship session uh, earlier today. Ooh. And uh, you know, one of my uh, one of my kids uh, had come to me with this awesome song. I'm not sure if you are familiar with it. It goes like this: I love you, Lord, mm-hmm. and I leave my voice to hold on to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm a bit hoarse. Yeah, you are. Um, and then, uh, take joy, my king. Okay, I kind of do it. Okay. Okay, In what you hear, may it be a sweet, sweet, sweet sound. In your, I've got it. Okay. In your ear. So that's the song. I love uh, that If people song. are familiar with it, if you're mm. not, now you now you are. Mm. Um, and she goes, you know what, Gray? I want to do, and I won't name names, but I'll tell you who it was. It was um, Tyslin Chamsley, and she said, Gray, you know, I know the sign language to this song. Why don't I sign it awesome. while you guys sing it? Yeah. And I thought that is an awesome idea so yeah. we taught everyone the sign language to that song 
that's so cool because you're incorporating a visual. That's right. And using the power of movement. And it's the, it's a whole language, apparently. Yeah. ASL. Do you have any deaf students in Climax? Uh, no, uh, we don't. But, you know, what I said to her is, uh, you know, I, I had a few kids say, you know, why are we, why are we doing this? We don't have any um, deaf students or hearing impaired people in Climax right now. But I said, you know what? We're doing it for God. We're doing the sign language for God. Awesome. And I just thought that was really cool. But then, you know, the follow-up question to that was, then why are you saying in the song, may it be a sweet sound to your ears? Mm. Because, mm. you know, I guess if we're doing sign language technically, you know, why are, we even, why are we even singing? It seems like you would choose one or the other. And I said, well, it's so that God can understand it in a, in a different way. Yeah, I mean, it sort of opens up his ears uh, so he can hear more prayers. Right. And so I guess then it bed, well, you know, then a couple of my kids was sort of begging the question of like, well, does that mean if we weren't using sign language before for all of our songs, could he not hear those before? Well, I think if you want God to be following the sign language part, then maybe just change the words to, may it be a sweet, sweet sight in your eyes. Like oh, that. right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that clears it up just to, you know, whenever we start getting into God's body parts, I get a little nervous. Oh, I never thought about that. I mean, we are made in his image, which right. must mean he's got all the parts that we got. Well, yeah. probably that you got, not that I got, because right. he's a man, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it just it gets a little bit confusing because it is like, why do we do that if God, you know, sees everything and hears everything? Why would we really need to help him? you know hear or see anything just because he likes it he likes to be worshipped that's right how was your weekend Hallie? feel good oh i'm i'm too blessed to be stressed my brother thanks for asking you know it was funny i thought maybe you could help me with this because day came to me and he goes hey mom do you got a second and whenever i you know sense that kind of opening where i can have a meaningful conversation with my teenager i i i want to jump at the chance and be completely present and i said yes day i dropped everything that i was doing i put my elbows on the counter i put my chin in my fist and i said I'm listening. I'm all ears. What is it, brother? What is it, buddy? And um, he said, Mom, I have a question about Jesus. And, and great. My heart just about just danced right out of my chest. I was sure. so excited that he wanted to talk about Jesus. And this I, is great. Yes. And I said, Day, anything. I would love to talk with you about Jesus. What is it? And he said, Mom, can I believe in the teachings of Jesus as the best way to live? And I said, yes. Right. <laughs> of course, it's going to be the best way to live no matter what. Let's just stop right there. And he said, no, can I believe in the teachings of Jesus as the best way to live, but reject the New Testament stuff that is homophobic and sexist and racist and all the stuff that supports slavery? Here we go again. And I said, homophobic, sexist, racist, and supporting slavery. And he starts rattling off. He's come prepared. He's got his iPad out and he has the Bible references. And he starts saying, Mark, Luke, blah, 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 blah. And I said... And I said, first of all, you have one in there that's not New Testament. And he said, Mom, I want to follow. I think Jesus is the reason for the season. Best way to live. Oh, right. right. And he said, Mom, listen to what I'm saying. I want to follow Jesus' teachings because I do believe it's the best way to live, to live justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. But I I do, I reject those other things. And I... And is that okay? And I said, I'm sorry, Day. It's not. 
That's the right. answer is no. Every single word of the Bible is to be taken literally. It is God-breathed. You cannot cherry-pick. You can't do that. You can't say, oh, I'm you know, I'm going to take the good stuff and, and not the bad. You and, can't say that the whole apple orchard is bad if, if there's just a few bad apples. Exactly. And he, when he started saying all this stuff about live justly, love mercy, walk humbly, I said, oh, no, here we go. Is he going to want to get into all this stuff that's happening with the news and be all anti-police and all this stuff? And um, so I just tried to, like, bring the conversation back to the Bible. And I said, hey, Day, uh, you know what? If it makes you feel any better, you like the teachings of Jesus, and but you want to reject the other stuff that's racist and sexist and everything? I said, well, guess what? Jesus was racist. Did you know that? D- did I? Yeah. I guess I kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I, I um, you know, I just, uh, you know, I just, it's one of the, you know, it's just, uh, I just don't know. I, I just don't think it was. Well, you know, I'm taking my Koine Greek classes right now so I can interpret the New Testament verses all by myself. Right. So the reason that I that I tried to get a day away from the 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 not like in cop conversation and to try to like convince him that Jesus was racist and, you know, is that um the verse that I had to translate this week was Matthew fifteen twenty one to 28, where Jesus, um, he's talking about the Canaanites who were Gentiles. Mm. And anyway, the verse I had to translate said, basically, Jesus is saying it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Okay. And what he was saying there is he's basically saying that the Jewish people are the children of God. And he was calling the Canaanites or people who are Gentiles, he was calling them dogs, which at the time calling a Gentile, when a Jewish person called a Gentile a dog, this is what my uh, Greek teacher was telling me. I said, why does it say dogs and what does this mean and what's the translation? I was trying to figure it out. And he said, well, back then when a Jewish person called a, a Gentile a dog, that was the equivalent of people now using a very bad racial slur. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, Maybe you could just say, you know, just tell Day, hey, maybe don't give bread to dogs, period, and just think of it that way. That's true. I mean, I mean you shouldn't. I mean, you, I know you feed your dogs bread, but you probably shouldn't, right? I, I'm always giving my children's bread to my dogs because I love my dogs so much. But I just, you know what? I just said, you know what? You know, Jesus used a racial slur. And so, you know what? If some of these um, cops have racist tendencies, it doesn't mean that they're bad because Jesus was, um, I, I'm not exactly sure how I was going to say that, but I think, you know, it's always right to follow the teachings of Jesus. Right. Right? Um. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, just like Jesus made his big screen debut in Passion of the Christ, our guest today brings Christ to the screen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Leif Walton. Welcome, friend. Ah, uh, God bless you. 
and yours. And I'm so pleased to be in your ears, and I hope that I can be in your eyes soon. Oh. Well, Leif, you've been in our eyes many times. Mm. For those who don't know the work of Leif Walton, you definitely know some of his films. He's here today because he's uh, promoting his latest big screen venture. Leif, what are you uh, What are you directing these days? I'm inside you. Oh. That's, the, that's the name of the new film. And of course, uh, it's about a uh, misguided man who, over the course of uh, many adventures, similar to my own, discovers that uh, God is inside him and it feels so good. Uh, it is such a hooky pitch, too, just the idea of this guy who, you know, he's going through life, what, he's got all these adventures, what is he up to? We don't know, and God's with him the whole time. It's just, I mean, it's just so exciting. Well, it's it's a lot like, um, you know, I took that story from the Bible that, of course, you guys know very well, where uh, a man looks at the beach and he sees that there's one set of footprints and and he thinks god you've abandoned me right and then of mm-hmm. course there's that twist that beautiful twist and no Ugh. when there was one set of footprints that's when i was carrying you and i think for movie audiences i've put a twist on that so there's two sets of footprints the whole time Ooh. and the reveal is that god was with him and because i've always thought god is so strong he could carry you with one arm and so, oh, yeah. and, and, but you could still be walking while he carries you. That's the part of that. Uh, it's just sort of put a modern twist on it. So when he looks back at his life and he sees there's two, there's been two sets of footprints all along, his and God's. And while God was carrying him, he was also letting him walk. That's so, what's so beautiful about God. It's really a twist on a twist. I love that. Yeah. And honestly, it's such an honor to be able to talk to you in person because I feel like I'm sitting with a godly Scorsese or a godly um, Tarantino where, you, you know, these guys are telling these wicked stories that are really uplifting these, you know, uh, these people who celebrate sin. And here we have Leif Walton, who is, I, may I say, a pioneer in Christian filmmaking. And even though I haven't seen I'm Inside, of you yet. I can't wait because I have seen my three favorites of yours are Step Out of the Boat, Roman Tent Maker, and um, Ascension Mountain. Oh, All Ascension three of those. Mountain. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Gosh. Yes, and 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 you know I can't believe I didn't pick up on it in a Roman tent maker, because you really distracted me. I don't know what you call that in filmmaking, but I was so focused on the modern spin that you were putting on it, I didn't even realize it was the Apostle Paul till probably forty five minutes in. Oh well, that's that's so gratifying to hear because some of the I mean, so believe it or not, some of that's just due to uh, limitations of budget and things that it was hard to we would create these Roman sets and then all of a sudden you know a car would come speeding by and someone would say oh it ruined the shot and i would say well in a world you know in god's world who's to say that we didn't who's to say there weren't cars you know in ancient rome and so and we don't know uh we don't know that's that's the thing a lot of the things with this research and and people being so committed to being so uh you know accurate or what have you we don't know so yeah are there cars in a roman tent maker sure there are sure there are sure there are is is there the sound of planes and things like that yes of course 
And you know what? The Bible tells us that God is outside of time. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. So maybe Paul was, you know, pre-invention of the wheel or whatnot. God's not. God, God knows that there's going to be a Ford Motor Company in Detroit, Michigan, you know, thousands of years from now. And, um, and I feel like it's like that movie, that movie with Leo DiCaprio where he kept thinking he was in a dream and, and they kept falling, uh, 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 spinning around with their headphones in, in the uh, van. Titanic. Oh, Titanic. Phenom- Titanic. Phenom- Titanic. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. It's, yes. it's just it, like that. Yes. Yeah, where you, with God, there you can be in a dream within a dream. I mean, John in Revelation was seeing three-headed dragons, and we know those don't exist. Right. But that's the beauty of filmmaking. Of course it is. You know, I'm just fascinated by your, your background because, you know, I'm looking at your Wikipedia page here, Ooh. and it says you've directed over 100 feature films. <sighs> And I mean that you, you still seem to be pretty young, so that's just amazing. And and I'm also just wondering, you know, it seems like most of your films are anywhere from 15 to 38 minutes long. I guess the this mo- most recent one is about 38 minutes long. I just think it's amazing that you're able to crank out this amount of work every year for audiences all over the world. Well, when they're done, they're done. You know, you don't. A movie doesn't need to be two hours to sit through. That seems like an right. awfully long time to me. It never took me too long to to get to uh, God. And I think when my films are done, they're done. They're not something that I spend a whole lot of time editing. They're not something that I right. spend a whole lot of time doing all kinds of Hollywood tricks. These are very honest films and that's you know i saw i I was seeing what was happening with movies and i would go to the movies and i would want to be uplifted and to feel the light inside of me and Mm -hmm. i would instead see all of this uh you know bodies having sex and guns and shooting and violence and that's why and i said okay i want to see the body and the blood but I want to see the body and the mm. blood of Christ. And that's when I created right. uh, Body and Blood Films. That's awesome. Body and Blood body Films. And blood that films. is awesome. Wow. And, and I'm looking through here. You have done You've done feature films. You've done documentaries. I'm seeing you've done two documentaries. Yep. This one is called um, The Burning Bush Years. And another one here, uh, Angels in the Oil Fields. Are yes. those both uh, political, political documentaries? Well, they are. They do. I don't think that politics and religion have to stay so separate. And I think Mm -hmm. Angels in the Oil Fields is, you know, it's about trying to understand how fossil, the fossil fuel industry can touch us and can provide that light. I mean, you know, the, the, the thing that our, our Jewish brothers and sisters talk about, the miracle of the oil that burned for eight days, right, in the Old Testament, that's something about, that's about oil. And so when the fossil fuel industry came to me and said that they would bankroll some films, uh, and some people said, oh, Leaf, are you going to compromise? I don't need to compromise, you yeah, know? Yeah. If you did, you would be Michael Moore. You yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, and, and for example, a film like Open Carry, you know, where I, of course, on the surface, it's me saying, I want to be able to carry God with me openly. Right? right. But the National Rifle Association, some very kind people came to me and they said, can you make a pro Second Amendment film? Yeah, and I said, yeah. well, you know, I guess who wrote the Second Amendment? Yeah. Right. God. Awesome. That's awesome. I, and, and, you know, I'm looking at the cover here out of Open Carry here, and it's just so cool. So it's about a, it's about a kid's football team. Yes. Uh, which you have uh, a, a kid here. He's a running back, but he's also got a handgun. That's really interesting. 
That's cool. Well, he want he needs to protect himself, you know, and and I think mm-hmm. that there is something funny, um, and it's a, fun, it's a funny twist that the other kids become scared. It's it's a classic, you know, tale of a kid who's bullied, and he feels bad, and he feels different, and he feels like he's mm-hmm. not good at sports, and so what does he do? He buys a gun, and he brings it onto the field, and he says, you know, I'm gonna shoot you. If you don't get out of my way. And is that, right. you know, of course he's not going to really, you know, I have people say, oh, is he really going to shoot them? No, he's not going to really shoot them. He's showing that he has the power of God behind him. So I think that that's a beautiful thing. But I will tell you, once <laughs> once you start to get into the political stuff, people want to shut you down real quick. I've got lawsuits. Right. Yep. Okay, so I did a movie about the power of marriage. It's a trilogy. It's called Lord of the Rings. So all of a sudden, I get all this attention. Oh, is this a coincidence right after my... Well, you can't call a movie Lord of the Rings because apparently that's something else. Well, Uh. oh, really? You know, because because God created those words. And by the Mm -hmm. way, you know, I didn't know that. So I took my kids uh, to see this Jurassic Park, right? And it's the whole premise, which is a, a theatrical, that's a the film world. That's a film word from the film world. Um, premise, meaning what's the movie about, basically. And I, I only know this because I went to um, Christian film school. And that is that dinosaurs are uh, back and they're with people. Well, you know, as you and I know, well, that's not really that crazy because dinosaurs were with people, right? When the dinosaurs right. were around people were around too and you can go to any creationist museum and they'll tell you that so i said well let's just put a spin on this you know i made a movie called jurassic world awesome right i mean it's it is awesome and it's all puppets and you know it's such a a thrilling tale and then you know of course they come after me for that that like as if they own that title too and what's (sighs) the what's the runtime on jurassic world jurassic world is one of my longer ones it's 39 minutes and uh, you'd be surprised to know that I do the voices of all the the raptors myself. Wow! And they're just puppets, but they look they look incredible. They look so real, and it's it's due to the you know the effects wizardry of me and my family. You know, you don't need it. You certainly don't need a computer to make a dinosaur. God didn't have one. Wow. Now, Leaf, you said you went to film school. How did you get into filmmaking, and are you living in Hollywood now? I'm not living in Hollywood. Does that surprise you? Um, oh, thank God. Oh, no. no, I'm part of the huge, exploding Indianapolis film scene right now. And oh. um, I, I went to a private film school with uh, Dr. Ryan Bloom, and uh, it was just private with him and me, and he has directed some incredible... Incredible films that you've never seen because the problem was uh, he exposed himself and uh, the film so the film was all ruined because it was all back in those days where if you open the canister uh, oh oh I see yeah yeah so after he exposed himself there was just no way that anybody would watch those films Um, but I I took a course from him and it's really just it's point and shoot it's most things are internal edits which means you don't need to waste time going down you know to some dark hollywood room and using a computer you just shoot your first shot 
then you stop and you mm. shoot your second shot and then you shoot your third mm. shot and it all runs together if you do it like that and when people tell me that they've spent time in edits i think well you must have made a lot of mistakes wow yeah that uh, just makes sense that makes perfect sense and how long did you study in the bloom film school before you were able to go out and make your own film well i was there for a summer i was there for a summer because i was uh without i was in between houses and so Dr. Bloom invited me to his basement. Oh, you're living, you were living at his house. I was able to live there at his house. And then uh, eventually, unfortunately, he, uh, he had to leave because he exposed himself. Okay. Oh, oh, wow. No. It just seems like he would learn after a while not to, not to do that yeah, with the film. Yeah, that you'll lose everything. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I mean in a different way. He, exp he, uh, he, he exposed himself in public. Oh, oh he okay. flashed somebody? Oh, no. Yes, he was flashed. So, so, and and I think that's I I do think it's a misunderstanding, because I think he just wanted to share the glory of God. He was a very old man, you know, and he th okay. he said, oh, well, why can't yeah. I show God's glory that's been bestowed upon me? And I think he just didn't, yeah. you know, he just didn't understand. He has a different, you know, different understanding. And and it could be classic senility. And truly, I mean, this is probably a, a really good reason why, um, you know, it's mostly men making films. And, and maybe you should keep females out of filmmaking because when they start exposing themselves, that's really going to um, be a, a huge stumbling block for men who would, you know, lust in the flesh. Oh, I I think you are so right about that. I, 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 I am very, very reticent to uh to acknowledge female filmmakers just because yeah. i'm uh, worried about what kinds of ideas are they are they gonna get and are they you know are they, and also who's who's at home right right and i mean think about like why sin even entered the world it was a woman yeah it was a woman talking to a snake. And uh, if you let a woman loose in hollywood where it's just a den of vipers we're in for some serious trouble. It's the same as the women trying to get into politics. It's just real trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. I fear we are already there. That's my fear. Now, how many out of the hundred features that you have completed already, how many star Kurt Cameron? Well, he has been in a few. Oh, God, he's such a wonderful actor. He's so open oh. and emotionally available. And oh. I just, I love to work with him. And he's passionate I, awesome. I love his passion. Wow. What's he like in person, behind the scenes? Well, this is what's so interesting. I don't know. Because in he will do these deals where he'll show up in character. It's very limited time. And he does oh, really? not talk to me before or after. And I respect that. He's not even coming to these premieres. You know? And, and wow. he won't. He will not come. And so, uh, you know, he sent me an email. Just, I thought this was beautiful. One simple word, embarrassed. Whoa. And I think that means, you know, someone who is so uh, humble that he's self-conscious yeah. to watch himself on screen. Yeah. I mean, he knows the Bible says pride comes before a fall. That's and, right. And, you know, if he gets out on the red carpet and all of that, it can really be a slippery slope of, of you know, these celebrities, they get all full of themselves. And so Kirk Cameron, being a Christ follower, he probably knows it's best to stay home, to keep his head down, to roll his shirt sleeves up and be a hard Christ-centered, you know, uh, actor. I mean, he's like the Christian version. I mean, if he's on set and he's always on, who's the guy that was in, he did all these films like The Oil Field 
and the ki- gangs in New York and everything, and the and the seamstress one and P uh, J Anderson. Yes, he is. I've heard he's always on um, in uh, in character on set, uh, and and he's won all these Academy Awards, and um, he does Meisner or uh, Method or something. And um, I feel like Kirk Cameron's like the the Christ centered version of him. I think that that's right, you know. But that stuff is very dangerous because if you pretend to be someone else, you let someone else in. That's kind of like knock knock. Who's there? The devil. The devil. Who? The devil's coming to coming inside you. Yeah, that's right. You know, one film of yours that I'm always just fascinated by, just the act, the level of acting that he does, is the one where you cast him as the husband, and opposite him, you cast uh, Candace Cameron, Candace Bergen Cameron as his wife. Yes. And it, in Brother Sister Jesus Lord. Yes. Ah. And I just, and yes. They, they discover that they're brother sister at the end, which is such an amazing twist that yes. they're married, then they find out they're brother sister, but then oh, it's just so uh, brother sister Jesus Lord. And that's what they say when they find out. Yes. Oh, at the same time, too, because right. they're both, you know, it's because they've spent so much time together and they're genetically similar because they're brother and sister. Now, how did you coach them through those those scenes where they're going? Because that's got to be sort of another that's another one of your classic twists on a twist where you you cast a brother sister. They're married in the film then in the film. They are a brother and sister. And then, I mean, it's just so many layers of cool, cool twists that you bring to it. Well, I asked them to live as husband and wife for a year in preparation for that film. Just to see, of course, they know what it's like to be brother and sister because they are. But for a year before we shot that, I had them live as husband and wife so that they could really, and I, they had a hard time getting out of it. After the film. Really? Because like you said, you know, like a PJ Anderson or one of those kind of actors that's so deep into it. They they had a difficult time. But some of those scenes, you know, with the tenderness and stuff, because I'll, I'll tell you, before I got into Body and Blood, I was having a hard time and I would be, I would be sort of titillated by some of these um, more adult films and I would watch them and I would watch the love scenes you know, just as a way from a purely filmmaking perspective, but I would feel, you know, I would feel the temptation there. And so I watched a lot of the, um, you know, uh, the more racy films on the internet. And I said, okay, what can I take from this? And the feelings that I was feeling and thinking, no, 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 don't feel that leaf. Don't feel that. Don't feel that. You know? And I thought, well, what if these are brother and sister? And that helps some of those feelings go away. So you shoot the same scene. I mean, it's all the same stuff, but you're thinking, okay, these, these, they shared a womb, you know, because they're twins. Yeah. And I love what you talked about in your Q&A about your film, um, of that all your films now have a spiritual intimacy coach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. A sick. And I bring that sick in and, and just because every relationship is a three-way. Right? right? Every relationship is a three-way. Like the Trinity. You and the other person and God. And so right. as anybody knows, you know, if you're doing a three-way, it's no fun to have two people going at it and one person watching. And right. then, But in so many of our relationships in our lives, God is on the outside feeling like the third wheel watching us have our relationship and we're not letting him in. And what's he doing? He's acting like a jerk over in the corner. That's you're making him a jerk. 
and we're treating him like a jerk. You're treating him God. You're treating God like a jerk by making him sit over there in the corner and watch you have your relations. So let him in. That's right. Let him do something. Yeah. That's when I, you know, I always say this to my teens of leave room for the Holy Spirit. And that's that right. means literally leave room yes. for the Holy Spirit in between whatever you're doing. Yes. Yeah. And and if we can get into some of your historic pieces, Leaf, I just thought, you know, I saw Lincoln yes. with the PJ Anderson and with the Sally Field as Mary Todd. Mm. And, and it was good. It was good. I thought I, it was a bit boring. Yeah. It was a little long and it was a little boring. And so when I saw you come out in the same font as the word Lincoln, you know, from the poster of the Hollywood movie Lincoln, and it just said honest. Yes. I said, I know where he's going with this. Yes. And, and, and to see and to see Kirk Cameron in that um, lo- big old top hat. Yes. And to see him in the beard with the no mustache. And, and I don't know who the woman was that you cast as Mary Todd, but um, I thought the chemistry between her and Kirk was incredible. Oh, wasn't that Tyler Perry? It is. Ty- it? It, it's Tyler Perry. And he is just magical in, in honest. Wow. I, I love it. Wow. I'll tell you, I did not see the Spielberg film because I heard that there was, you know, uh, everyone said, oh, you're going to love the Gettysburg Address. And I said, oh, that perfect. Lincoln and Address, that is exactly Hollywood. That is exactly right. this, you know, sort of, oh, gender doesn't exist and we're going to put Lincoln in a dress and Hamilton is going to be, you know, all the different races. No, thank you. I I, I want right. to see this as it as it truly is and so you know when i did honest i said also am i gonna wait two hours three hours for the gunshot that we know is coming so i start the film with the gunshot right right and then and then the whole film is the lincoln's life flashing before his eyes yeah uh, yeah. it, it's such a great way in. It's such a great way and in. And I don't want to, uh, you know, pull back the curtain on your process if, if, if you'd rather keep this to yourself. But I was wondering if you personally rewrote his famous speeches to to be more biblically um, centered and to, you know, make him really uh, come off as the as the Christ follower that he was and to really kind of make him uh, to repaint history, I guess, to really let people know that this wonderful president was a, a, a deeply conservative Deeply. Um, right-wing Christian. Yeah. Deeply, deeply. And you know how we know that? How? Faith. We know, we know, we have evidence from faith of that, right. right? And so, right. you know, all these, first of all, I took out all the math in the speeches. Four score oh, plus great. seven. No one, that's not important. I don't know what score is. No, yeah. I don't, right. Right. What's, right. And what is, what's score, right? So I personally tune out when there's math. And I think a lot of people are like that. Now, Leaf, I've got to ask, you know, it just seems like, and I, I don't like to use this word because a lot of times it means just you're passionate, but you seem to be a bit of a workaholic. I mean, you're just absolutely churning out, you know, pieces of work constantly. Where does that come from? Did you, you know, what kind of childhood did you have where you just, you know, feel so driven to put this sort of work out into the world? Well, I I don't love to look back on my childhood. It was not very happy. You know, I was Aww. raised in Vermont by uh. some very liberal parents. Oh, that's hard. And it's just sad. And it took me until I was in my 30s to realize that I was unhappy. Because, you know, people like Dr. Bloom told me I was. 
you know what? I think God brought Professor Bloom into your life to let you know, hey, you might think you're okay, kid, but you're not. You are unhappy and you and and he he created almost this hole inside of you um, that, that then you could film f- fill with filmmaking. And it sounds exactly like the way God talks to us, even in, in the book of Romans, when he says we are guilty and deserving of death. Like God comes to us and says you from from the moment you are born, you are depraved and worthy of of death. And um, and in so doing and letting us know that we are sinful and deserving of a very real hell, um, it makes us realize realize our need for him and rely on him. So in many ways, I think I'm, I'm certain that um, God brought Professor Bloom right into your life to give you that Christian filmmaking experience and to set you on the right path. Whew, fill my hole with that every time. That's what a humanist, um, you know, these lefties will say is that like you are good and you're okay. And the next thing you know, we've got three, four types of bathrooms going in the, in the, you know, Walmarts and stuff. Uh, you know, thank God that's not happening here in Indiana. But, you know, I've heard that it's happening, you know, in, in our nation's capital uh, under the last administration. Well, don't go to don't go to Vermont. Oh, really? You know, really? No, real, truly, truly, truly. And, and unless you want my parents to tell you you're great. That and that's my biggest concern is that you're going to run into a public bathroom. You're going, hey, there's so many doors, and I'm not even sure what the symbols are on the door. I, you know, and I don't want to. Uh, and, and yet people just going to mess their pants because no one knows what door to go into. It's like a labyrinth. Yeah, congratulations. Everybody's going to going to mess their pants. Yeah. Everyone's going to mess their oh, pants. Oh man, speaking of labyrinth, I loved what you did. Um, when you did that shot-for-shot remake of Pan's Labyrinth, but called it God's Labyrinth, oh, yep. I was just blown away. Just blown away because, you know, in the in the Pan's Labyrinth, they had all these monsters, but um, you were able to, you know, put a very honest spin on it and say, you know what these monsters are? These are demons, and they're very real, and they're very real. to devour our soul yes. every day. In, I enjoyed that movie so much, and then I saw an interview with the director who was saying, you know, he said, this is a vision of something that's not real. I said, whoa, 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 you've misunderstood your own film which happens all the time in hollywood directors misunderstand the their film that they themselves have made so leaf i just wanted to point people toward your new film i'm inside you how can we see this awesome film uh where, where can you tell us to go well first things first this screening that i've sent you uh, an invitation for for Saturday. That's this coming Saturday. And I am putting up uh, in my backyard, I'm doing a big screening. And I'm, I'm, I've am I'm invited, you know, the whole community. So hopefully hundreds of people will be there and do not wear a mask. God did not wear a mask. And uh, so I want to see all your faces there. But that's, that's a private screening. But if you go yes. to, and so get out your Get out your pen and paper because this could be a doozy. Okay. So bodyandblood.god.com backslash okay. B, a capital C, L, uh, lower, uh, uh, so lowercase L, uppercase I, uh, seven, four, two, forward slash three, lowercase <laughs> okay. C, M, okay. uh, three, four, okay. four, uh, okay. nine, okay. six, uh uh what is that so, uh, what is a little squiggle and then uh lowercase mm-hmm. m and then uh five 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 four uh and then a z and then a seven leaf 
Walton was played by Steve Waltine. What a gem of a human. Oh, I love him. You can check out his comedy writing on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And after the great comedy plague of 2020, you can see him playing with the Improvised Shakespeare Company. Follow him at Waltine. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.